Hey guys, welcome to our first episode. So the topic of the day is our top five albums of all time. So the way we're going to do this is we picked out our top five albums and we already shared them with each other, or at least some songs. I made Alicia listen to two hours and 43 minutes of music. Um, And so now that we kind of are familiar with each other's top five albums, we're going to reveal which ones are in which places neither of us know which ones are our first or our fifth so we're going to start from the bottom and work our way up alicia do you want to share your number five album yeah sure so for all of my rankings not all of them but a couple of them i put more than one album in the places but it'll make sense when i say so number five i have humans by gorillas Oh, along with, yeah, along with Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino. and that. Yeah, it's so good. And Everything Will Be Alright in the End by Weezer. Okay, so when you had like eight albums that you shared with me, they're all like tied for different spots, I see now. Okay, not all of them, like a couple of them. (laughs) Okay. But let me explain why. So Humans, I put that one, it's... It was the first one I thought of for number five, but the other two I listened to just as much. And so these three albums, they're my road trip albums. Like every time someone gets in the car with me or I get in someone else's car and they hand me the aux, I play some songs from these albums because they're just easy, easy listening. I know them back and forth. Yeah. And it's like go to aux albums. Otherwise, you just panic. Yeah, these ones are, like, I think most people will like them. Maybe not everything will be all right in the end, but I like, I really like the guitar solos on that album, which is what I made Lucinda listen to. Mm. So it's easy listening to me. Awaken My Love, great, great album. It's just beautiful melodies, and uh, Donald Glover's voice is just so, it's real. It's wonderful. And Humans... I just really, I don't know, the beats in there are great. I really love the lead singer's voice and the way that they feature other artists. It's always in a unique way and they always bring out someone kind of like nondescript, like someone not completely out of the public's eye, but like a lesser known artist. The song I made Lucinda listen to, Andromeda, that's one of my favorites on the album. Fun fact, it's actually about Donald Trump. Ooh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, if you listen to the lyrics, it's you'll kind of get it. It's about him as in his celebrity sphere. Hmm. Yeah. So that's my number five. Lucinda, what do you have? Okay, so my number five is um, Jackrabbit by San Fermin. Um. And this was, I, all of my, I realized that all of my albums were um, artists that I had seen live in concert and they were all, all the albums were released over the past five years, which was crazy. So from when I was 12 on, which I think makes sense because I didn't really have any music taste pre-age 12. I just sort of listened to what my parents listened to, which is a lot of Mm -hmm. the Beatles. (laughs) So, but I love Jackrabbit. Um. Google described it as like orchestral pop and it's just like really artistic like you listen to it and there's just so much going on and it's just like sort of like stimulating your brain in so many like ways like it's really immersive and there's a lot of like see orchestral pop is like incorporating orchestra music into pop music and it's also known as like chamber pop there's differences but whatever um and also the lyrics are just so powerful. Uh, Sanford is one of my favorite bands overall. Um, and it's just like, it's got a musicality that I don't see in a lot of bands, but obviously I want to discover more. <laughs> well, okay, so when I was, yeah. oh, sorry. Whenever I was listening to all of your music, I took notes on each album. Oh. And yeah, I said some very similar things to what you did. Sanford Min, I actually, so I ranked what I thought your top five were and then <laughs> what my personal top five were for you. And San Fermin was number one for my top five. 
Yes. Yeah. And I said a lot of things like it tells a story. You said immersive. I liked that they had heavy drums and the wind instruments, like you said, orchestral. Um, I like that it takes you on a trip. And I've listened to, out of all of your artists, I've listened to maybe 10-ish of the songs you showed me. Mm -hmm. But Stan for Men was one of the ones I'd listened to more because their music, I listened to it to help me write sometimes. Yeah, it's very creative. Yeah. So that's good. And I was wrong about where I ranked them, but yeah, well, only by one place. I didn't attempt to rank yours just because I don't, I don't feel like I understand your music taste. I had too many for you to rank. Okay. What's your number four? I'm excited. My number four. Okay. I don't know if you are, you should be excited about this. I had, this was obligatory for me. Um, Is it Panic at the Disco? It's not. I think. A lot of people might judge me for this, but don't because, so it's the Phantom of the Opera live at Royal Albert Hall. This is the 25th anniversary album. And whenever YouTube was, there's the show must go on. There's, it's a channel and they, during early COVID, they would do, they would stream like full entire shows. And the 25th anniversary Phantom of the Opera was one of the ones that they showed. So I watched that. I had previously seen the show live at Deepak, but watching it, like, they were in the Royal Albert Hall, and they had, which is not traditionally a theater, mm-hmm. so the set design was different, and it was all more grand. And, the, like, the actors they got, they were just, it was perfect. It was, the, it was amazing. It made me look at the show a whole different way, and yeah. all of the singers just have fantastic voices I love I yeah I love the mood of it all yeah so honestly I have judged you in the past for having Phantom of the Opera as like such a strong like love album but I was listening to it I saw it in Deepak maybe like six years back and I mean it was like good but it wasn't like oh my god this is the end Mm -hmm. of the world um, but listening to this version was just kind of amazing. Like, I, I kind of understand it now. Like, oh, the musical itself, happen. it's so dark and, like, mysterious, but, like, beautiful and piercing. <laughs> exactly. Like really wow. Yeah, a poet. <laughs> yeah, what a poet I am. But anyway, yeah. like, it's, it's a really good musical. And it, something about Phantom of the Opera is, like, most musicals have at least some, like, lighthearted, cheery songs. <laughs> Phantom just doesn't. <laughs> it does though you just in context I guess it doesn't feel that cheery but yeah for those who don't know Phantom of the Opera it's a rock opera kind of the big song is like the dun 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 and it's on the pipe organ and it's loud and blaring and you can feel it through the seats it's wonderful and amazing it's a beautiful show one more little story I have about that is when I first saw it live um in the Phantom of the Opera song, like, the, that's the title song. People will love it. At the very end, Christine sings, and she goes, ah, and um, yeah. the Phantom's like, sing for me, and she's like, ah. <laughs> well, <laughs> when I saw that live, I didn't know any of the music from the musical, but I saw it live, and she started singing, and I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, what is this? Because my only... I, again, I hadn't heard any of these songs before, but I did hear that little, ah, and yeah. I was so confused because there's this, you guys might've seen it. It's this video. I think it's a possum, but some little rodent and it's going, ah, well, you can't see me right now, but like it opens its mouth. It's like, I think they say, look at what this little guy can do. And he just goes, ah, and I... <laughs> That video made me laugh so much when I was younger. Oh my god. Seeing it live, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it's the possum. Exactly. That's so funny. Oh my god. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I, I kind of understand. And then like Android Light Weber is just sort of like an an inspired mind. Like, okay, I don't oh, know yeah. if he's done anything bad in pop culture. Oh, so he isn't. He he's afraid. His Instagram is like, he's been keeping the people entertained during COVID. 
He has yeah. all these little challenges. It's great. Oh, I love that. Okay. So my number four album is Good Grief by Lucius. And this is wow. just- Wow, I'm wrong again. Uh, yeah, I just like to shatter expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've hyper-analyzed this list so much, by the way. Like, if you ever want to, like, destroy your mind, try to rank your top five mm-hmm. albums of all time. <laughs> yeah, it was hard for me, too. So, I I thought you put this higher because you put every single, basically every single song from the album on that playlist that you gave me. <laughs> no, I just like to torture you. But the album is so solid. I put every single song because every single song is just amazing. So for the listeners, it's a it's just an epic breakup mu- album, and Lucius has like a lot of great music. But I chose this one because it's one of their most powerful like I, music about core emotions is always the most powerful to me. Like it has to be so visceral and emotional. Um, but even though I have never been through, like, a tragic breakup, like, if you've ever had someone that you fight with a lot in your life, like, this album will bring you to tears. It's just amazing. It's, like, just so, like, it's just so emotional. It's, like, I described it to Alicia as, like, like a musical rebirth. (laughs) I don't know, this is so exaggerating, but like, oh my god, I love this album so much. And a cool thing about Lucius is in shows, they like dress up very similar um, and like wear like the same wig. And then most of the singing on their albums is both of them singing as one voice, which creates this like amazingly powerful effect. That's unique. Yeah, dude, I don't understand why Lucius isn't, like, way more famous than they are. They're, like, just fabulous. (laughs) I might check them out a little bit more. I did get that it was very, it was dramatic, that's what I thought. Yeah, well, it's just, like, it's so real. Like, it's, like, it's a really good representation of just, like, constantly having these really emotional fights with someone that you love. Um... And that has a lot of personal meaning to me. So I love that album a lot. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We're getting up to the threes now, right? Yep. Three. I actually did a 3.5. Oh my (laughs) God, Alicia. Okay. I just, I was re-listening. I re-listened to every single album I listed originally. I put this whole list and I was like, okay, going through it. And one of them it was an album I hadn't listened to in a while, but I had very strong emotional attachment to it because in middle school was when I, it, middle school was when I found what type of music I liked and that really helped me like set myself as a person. So this album, I put it as 3.5 because it's just every single song is a story and every single song is just so good in the lyrical content it's very real and it's personal too. Like it's personal whenever you hear it. So I put for a 3.5 21 pilots self-titled album. And I have seen like Lucinda, I have seen a lot of the people on my list live. 21 pilots is one of them. I did not see this album live, but they're great performers. No matter how much people clown them, they are really good in their lyrical content and all of the music, each song is very unique in its style. It's all like, it's, every song is very dramatic and thrown at you. It's, it's their first album they ever put out. And a lot of it in the main singer has depression and it's him going through that and talking to people who may be going through something similar, but it's in a very poetic away from himself way. It's like he's talking through a different different characters and yeah. him talking to death and like things like that. It's just so good, so solid. So I, I had to say it of of the emo rock bands of like most of our age mates middle school experience, They're not emo. Twenty one pilots is my favorite of of them all. Like of all the panic and yeah. NCR and um, Imagine Dragons and such like 
yeah that's understandable i mean that's how a lot of people feel about it okay i'm that was i have my number threes and i'm gonna try and go through this quickly because there's more than one album in this place and i have a lot i could spend a whole episode talking about this but i'll try and keep it short okay number three the black parade by my chemical romance Mm -hmm. a fever you can't sweat out by panic at the disco and pretty odd by panic at the disco so i put well first i'll talk about a fever you can't sweat out and pretty odd i put them both here because i'm always flipping in flipping back and forth whether which one is better those are the first a fever you can't sweat out is the first album they ever put out they recorded it when they were 18 they wrote and recorded it when they were 18 um the lead singer he was raised mormon like conservative and all of this and the album is just the complete opposite i love it's, that the it's, ultimate rebellion yeah it's so insightful for his age too and um after pretty odd there was a the i don't not a secondary singer, like the second vocal, he and main writer, he left, uh, Ryan Ross, which is... Wasn't there some drama there? There was drama, but that's yeah. a different story. Anyway, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out, it's so good. One of the songs, I let Lucinda listen to it, Build God, Then We'll Talk. There's just that part at the end that I love, 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 and it runs through my head all the time. It's the there's no rain drops on roses and girls in white dresses and sleeping with brooches and taking best guesses it's it's yeah, just I have this whole off of yeah it the cascades and it's so good in every single song it's like it talks about things that 18 year olds are not expected to talk about in songs especially i think it came out 2008 2009 somewhere early then and it's like infidelity pedophilia in the church gender expression it's like every single it's like and you have to look up some of the songs like what words mean what the title means it's and every single time you listen to it you're gonna find something new and okay i'll move on to pretty odd because i'm i could say more so pretty (laughs) odd i put up there because northern downpour is I, it's I very, love that song. Yeah, it's so sentimental to me, mainly because Ryan Ross, the singer, he plays a big part in that song. And he wrote this one lyric. Um, World's a broken bone, melt your headaches, call it home. It's yep, yep. beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. That album um, is... It didn't make my list, but I'm really happy that you brought it up because I really like that album because I love like really trippy, um, poetic lyrics with ambiguous meaning that just really strike a chord with you. Yeah, it's like Baby Beatles for anyone who doesn't know it. It's It feels yeah. bittersweet because it's nostalgic and happy for exactly. me. So yeah. And then my last one, totally different, The Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Every single song is also different here. When you first hear it, you might not notice because it's kind of heavy, in your face, loud. But it's the first My Chemical Romance album. I I actually bought this on my old iPhone or iPod Touch, whatever it was. And I listened to it through all the time. This is one of those albums. All three of these albums, actually, I've just burned them into my brain. It's (laughs) so good. I love all of My Chemical Romance music. But I chose this album because it's the one I'm most familiar with. Like, I really, it's just great for headbanging, great if you just need an energy boost. Um, This is their strongest conceptual album, I believe, and it's their most popular, rightfully so. And, you know, it's what people remember when they, those years where they went on hiatus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta be honest. MCR is not it's not my thing I, yeah. I just don't I mean I understand it exact orchestral pop rock and less of a like you know that certain voice that like the male yeah Gerard Way has a very unique like voice the, it's high pitch anger. Yeah. yeah it's all thrown at you I but really, that's what I, I love about it, it but it's just not my thing. Like, I, I can appreciate that it's good, but I'm not going to, like, 
rock out to it, you know? Yeah, I understand why they were at the top of the charts for so long. Um, my Chemical Romance, one of my favorite bands. Anyone wants to check it out and you like that kind of music, go ahead. <laughs> Lucinda, what's your number three? Okay, my number three is... Um, okay, since you did so... Oh, wait, no, that's my number two. Okay, my number three mm -hmm. is... Sometimes I sit and think and sometimes I just sit by Courtney Barnett. And I mean, like, if you're... I got that right! <laughs> yeah. If you're into indie music at all and you have not listened to Courtney Barnett, like, I don't know what you're doing. Um, Courtney Barnett is amazing. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I've seen her in concert once and I was just, like, struck by so much inspiration. Her music is... It's like a lot of the themes are mental health related and just sort of like depression, anxiety, survival, but it's not like emo rock. It's like, uh, it's, well, it's indie alt rock, but like she has this voice. And I think it's cause I was raised on like folk singers like Gillian Welch and Lucinda Williams. She has this like folk singer voice that she brings to her um, indie rock. And it's just really good. <laughs> and the lyrics, the content, how she writes her music, I don't know. I'm not like, I feel like a better music critique than I could express how good Courtney Barnett is. But you're just going to have to take my work for it. If you like indie rock, you need to be listening to Courtney Barnett. Hmm. Yeah, um, I respect her artistry and her lyrical context. I was not, I'm not used to listening to people, like, talk singing, like, that's not my thing. What? But that's what I got from it, so. You listen to musicals, that's all talk singing. It's not, though, like, they have the big belting and all that in the ballads, so, yeah. like, out of all the music you gave me, she was my least favorite, not, does, that doesn't mean okay. I don't. It's okay, it's okay, MCR was my least favorite, I understand. yeah. Yeah, just not my thing, but... Yeah, I get you. Go I listen you. if you like that stuff, yeah. <laughs> if you like that stuff. <laughs> you know, if you like expressing your emotions through music. <laughs> I didn't realize she was British, by the way. Yeah, I have heard mine are British. a couple of her songs. Okay, what's your number two? This is... We're getting into the simple ones, because there's only one here. Oh, um, God. Yeah. <laughs> I put the first by Willow Smith. This is where I start to get predictable. Yeah, um, me too. I saw her live last November. Oh my God. I cried, of course. Um, yeah, I wish I could have. I should have seen her. I didn't know about her at that time. Mm -hmm. I was so behind. She's amazing. Yeah, so she has gotten more popular lately, which is good. Also, I just, I feel, you know, that kind of, closest in my heart I discovered her either late seventh grade or eighth grade um she became one of the only things I listened to for a long time and still I just whenever I don't know what to play I'll play Willow Smith's music so I've been there so she released her first album that's the one that I first listened to and then this album the first came out I think 2017 which sounds like a long time ago but it's just so good. The two songs I gave Lucinda to listen to are Israel and Romance. And the thing that I love about her music is that I never know what she's talking about. Like, you can make your own guesses, and sometimes you'll be right, I'm sure. But it's just, it's all abstract, and her voice is really beautiful her and powerful. Her voice is amazing. It's so yeah. powerful. I yeah. loved Romance. I loved all of the, like, meaning to Romance. I thought it was a great music song <laughs> movie <laughs> she's she's so mature for her age and she her first album i think she put out when she was 15 and if you listen to the lyrics you're like how could someone so young have written this and then sung and arranged this song and sung it like you know belt 15 yeah she was 15 and then i what think she the was heck? 17 when she put out the first and then now she's 18 yeah wow. so I felt like I grew up with her because she was only a couple years older than me and um I've always admired her family of course and it was just when I first discovered her I thought it was so 
interesting how someone who came from such one of the most well-known names in Hollywood, Will Smith, um, the Smith family, sorry, because I know Jada deserves some recognition. Um, And she could, like, she has the, she um, uses this metaphor of, um, like, being down on earth and being up in the stars and basically she's up in the stars and then she's not able to relate to people or people don't think she can relate to them because she's so far away and she has she doesn't have to worry about the same problems as them and she knows it Mm -hmm. um it's just she's just such a good writer and one more thing um another thing about me growing up with her she was into the same things I was like she really liked Adventure Time and Steven Universe, you know, wow. all those wholesome cartoons this or whatever. This is, like, amazing. Like, now, sh- you have been talking about Willow Smith for so long, and to be honest, like, Willow sounds like Will, so I think some of the time I thought you were talking That's about Will Smith. That's literally why they named and I've been, Jada, Jaden, really Will, Willow. <laughs> all this years, because, like, you've, you've said Will or Willow, and I've never known which one, and so I've just been like, what is she talking about? That's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I loved Willow Smith and Bright. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will Smith is really rocking out to Steven Universe. Yeah. His favorite show. <laughs> yeah, so that's my number two. It means a lot. It's a great album. Please go check it out. She deserves all of her praise. Yeah, I'm And she's an activist. You. So. Yeah. Okay. Is your number two? My number... This is my number two. Um, so this is a combination of two albums. Just because I like like seven specific songs a lot. And they're spread across two albums. Um, so Twin Fantasy and Teens of Denial by Carsey Headrest. Carsey Headrest is... See, this is also sort of like talk singing. I, I don't... I, now that I know that you don't like that, I kind <laughs> of understand why you don't like all of my music as much. But Carsey Headrest, they, it's just something about them. (laughs) Okay, so they're (laughs) indie rock and they have lo-fi, so that's like some intentional errors and like more of a rough sound. But I've been to, okay, I have this concert story that I tell everyone (laughs) about Carsey Headrest. I was at their concert and like kind of their demographic is like college frat smoker boys. Really? So it was like them. I mean, it's kind of like stoner music to some extent, but well, like, they do talk about drugs in their songs. They talk about drugs a lot, but like that's a real thing, you know. Like, <laughs> were we supposed to not talk about them? Um, <laughs> but no. So I was at this concert, and like most of the people there were these frat boys, stoner frat boys. It was at um, Cat's Cradle. Which oh wait, can I interject like real quick? When I was at that Willow Smith sentence, a uh, sentence concert the person next to me like just she smoked weed like and she just blew it right in everyone's faces don't do that at concerts it's really annoying just don't do it you don't know who is asthma it's just don't do it yeah people people vape a lot at music concerts now um and honestly like it's better than smoking but like can you just take an edible or something like if you need to be high to experience music like be conscious of the people around you. But anyway, um, so Carsey Headrest, I was at this concert, and he's singing one of his, like, most famous songs, well, they are, and then he just sort of, like, breaks into Evita lyrics, and if you don't know, what? Evita is a musical. I've never heard this story. I've heard, yeah, I've told this story a lot, because it, it meant so much to me. He breaks into singing Avita music for, um, like, the Casa Rosada. She, Avita is this musical about the first lady of Argentina um, a while back who was, like, an amazing historical figure. And she's standing on this balcony, and she's, like, above all the common people, but she used to come from them. And she's, like, explaining her position in this amazing and very famous song. And so this is like a combining of worlds and I was like I know both of these things and nobody else does like nobody knew what he was doing like they were just like they didn't even know that he was just started quoting Avita 
And it was just amazing to me. It was so amazing. What did you do? Did you like cry? Did you just like look shocked? I just like, I was out there concert with my brother and I was like punching him in the shoulder and I was like, it's Evita, it's Evita. (laughs) (laughs) And the lyric is like, um, like I, I had to let it happen. I had to change. Couldn't live all my life down at heel. Um, It's like, there's, there's a lot to it a lot like I tried all the things but nothing excited me at all it's like you gotta you gotta listen to it but it's it's amazing and it was just such a great because like these Mm -hmm. 20 year old stoner frat boys don't know what he's doing but I do oh my god that is literally how I felt at the Jaden Willow concert I was like her lyrics mean so much and you don't even appreciate it yeah but yeah and then Carsey Headrest is just like it's some of my favorite music. It's like emotional, but also just kind of easy to listen to in the car. I don't know. I love them. Yeah, I thought their name was very fitting. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. It's hard. It's annoying to me because I want to recommend them to people. And I say car seat headrest and they just like immediately <laughs> write it off. And I'm like, no, they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> they tell you what you what you're going to hear. Yeah. Okay. Sure. What's your number two? Or are you on number one? I'm on number one. Oh, wow. This is exciting. Oh, my God. Oh, I have so much to say about I'm this honestly, one. Honestly, I'm kind of relieved because you've crossed off a lot of the ones that I was hoping weren't your number one. So, like, I really don't know what it's <laughs> going to be. Really? Okay, I got through this quicker than I thought I would. I just... Okay, I have a lot to say about this album. I re-listened to it yesterday because... I couldn't not do it. This is, again, like most of the albums on my list. I just listen to it all the time. I just, it is, it plays in my head. It's just one of the best albums probably in the world. I'll say that. It is revolutionary. Yeah, okay. The album number one is The Family Jewels by Marina. And I think that was very predictable of me. I went to her concert yeah. in la- last September. Um, her voice is even more angelic live. Um, and her voice is amazing, even when you have to, you know, shove your way through a six-foot-tall <laughs> gay Jesus to even see her up there. <laughs> That's a real story that happened. There's yeah. a lot of... I love concert it- stories. I know it's like are you even here for the same reason as me apparently not let me go back to the family jewels because I think I'm not emphasizing how great of an album this is so this is her first album it came out in 2011 yeah 2011 it was her first big break she got Hollywood as her first big single um and it was um, th- it's not her most popular album, though. People really like Electra Heart, but mm-hmm. The Family Jewels is where it's at. So this album is very formative to me. I started listening to it in seventh grade, and I would not be who I am without this album, like the first by Willow, but... It's like the, the family- foundation of your subconscious. It is. Like, you have to listen to this album and know it to, like, understand me. So, and can I just say that all of Marina's cover album art on Spotify would turn anyone gay because she is just so pretty. Like, oh my God. I have a list of most beautiful people in the world and she's on (laughs) it. Yeah, it's, it's just so good. And she was very young when she wrote this. I think she was in her twenties. Um, it was very refreshing for me. It, it dealt with gen it deals with gender expectations sexuality vanity and loneliness and several other things that you wouldn't expect a young woman to be talking about and she's not doing it for anything but herself and like most artists she was depressed at the time so she had a lot to talk about and this album every single song has a different surprise it's refreshing it's Every single song is so honest, and like the Panic at the Disco albums, 
uh, you find something new every time you listen to it and you'll understand like yeah i listen to them now and i'm i listen to the songs now like hermit the frog you listen to that the first time and you're like oh fun you know and then you listen Uh to it the 10th time and you're like oh that's what she means oh yeah (laughs) um but it's just the lyrical content is so strong and the sounds that she used are unlike anything i've heard before um it's just so raw and her voice is godlike so yeah she has some of some of her favorite some of my favorite ballads kind of of hers are on there like um numb i really really love that song i liked numb too obsessions my i really wish i had been able to see obsessions live because when you hear her hit the piano live and i know this only because i've watched youtube videos it just it rings through the air and it's powerful and then she starts singing and it's a sad but upbeat song and that's how a lot of her songs are the the lyrical content is really it's sad and twisted and complex and like layered but the actual song is upbeat and I know there's a word for that but that's the best way I can describe it so number one the family jewels Marina previously Marina and the diamonds her best album of all time I, I feel that. I've, I've got to listen to it now. Like, the best part about this podcast is just us getting to know each other, and we recommend stuff to each other all the time, but it takes a lot of motivation to just go on faith that something is good and, like, turn away from the stuff that you know you like. So that's why this is just so great, is motivating us to understand each other better. Yeah, and we never really get a chance to rant about our music. We really don't. Okay. Yeah. Is that everything about the Queen Marina? Yeah, I, my number one was predictable, and I know yours is too, so Mine let's hear. Mine is very predictable. <laughs> I, I talk about her all the time. Whenever anyone else brings her up, like, literally my head just explodes with happiness. Like, yeah. if you mention her to me, I'm just like, yay! Like, on social media, there's this person that goes to her school who occasionally is also, like, talks about Florence on social media, and I'm always responding, like, Oh, yeah. you just spoiled it, Lucinda. Go ahead yeah. and say the title. I so, Okay, so my favorite, my favorite album is Highest Hope by Florence and the Machine, and picking an album by Florence and the Machine was probably the hardest, because there is literally nothing that Florence has sung that I do not love with all of my heart, and... We didn't really get into, like, problems with any of our singers um, in real life, and I'm going to continue to not do that, um, (laughs) because I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah, that's another podcast. (laughs) Another podcast, but her music, one of her biggest themes, and one of my, I think my favorite theme in music is loneliness, and I mean, this makes me sound so, like, (laughs) emo, I have lots of loving friends around me, but the theme of loneliness in her music is just so, it hits your, it hits your soul, and she's Mm -hmm. talked about this a lot, like, she has a similar, like, she just sort of always has loneliness by her side, and she's learned to sort of embrace it, and, like, befriend it, and she has, like, a, like, a tattoo of loneliness just to sort of, like, take it as part of your experience and like own it which I love but okay so I googled genre for Florence and the Machine and a lot of things popped up because her music is really it sort of transcends labels and I mean labels are for marketers not music in my opinion agreed yeah so to describe her music indie pop rock Baroque pop, chamber pop, which I realized from this episode that I really like, is chamber pop. I don't know anything about it. So I don't know, like, I'm not familiar with the term, but it's kind of like just incorporating, like I was talking about orchestral pop, just sort of like incorporating orchestra music into pop music and just creating this, like, sound that I love, this style that I love, and then art pop rock neo soul which like i don't know that much about but it kind of spoke to me and then folk music i was raised on folk music 
I love her folk music. Mm-hmm. I love her voice. Ah, and if I went to a show, I went to a show for real. I said if, but um, and she on stage presence is just amazing. Like as a kid, like I don't know how to dance. I think everyone knows this. <laughs> <laughs> On stage, she's just, like, twirling and jumping through the air, and she has so much energy. She's just, like, this wind sprite. Like, she's just, like, floating. And oh, redheaded. Amazing. Yeah, she's also a redhead. <laughs> I actually found out that a lot of my favorite artists are redheads. Like, I don't know if this is some kind of, like, thing where you maybe have a mental link <laughs> Um, and she's British as well, um, similar to Courtney. But her music just really speaks to me, and I think a lot of people. Like, she's one of my few favorite artists that's pretty famous at this point. And Highest Hope specifically, like, I love that album just because it's like, hmm... I don't know. I don't know how to describe why I chose High as Hope. I think it's because of certain songs. I love Hunger, and that's one of her most favorite songs, is just, like, being alone for your life. (laughs) And then Patricia is about one of her, like, life inspirations, and I love that. Um, And just, like, Sky Full of Song. It's so beautiful. It's so like ethereal is kind of a way that I would describe Florence that's exactly what I was thinking yeah and I love I love ethereal music with that kind of voice that sort of like could shatter glass in like a piercing ethereal mysterious orchestra like she has a harp in her band and I love that (laughs) so much there's just a harp on stage. It's, like, listed in her band members as, like, the harp player. <laughs> Dude, I wish I could play the harp. Uh, it's so great. And, like, I don't know anyone who does it like her. She's just amazing. Everything you just said, like, The End of Love is probably my favorite song of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so beautiful. It gives mm-hmm. me chills. Yeah, she really does give you chills. And I think I, think I like her because I, I relate to like her passions and interests a lot from what I've found but also just like I think her music can is it speaks to common human experiences that a lot of people can relate to but in a unique way Mm -hmm. so yeah wow I can't believe that we did this in under four hours (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah we got through it kind of quick honorable mentions or should we should we honorable mentions. summarize our top fives? Just list them out again so viewers. Yeah, let's let's do that. You go first. Okay, so I'm gonna do from top to bottom. Number one, the Family Jewels. Number by Marina. Number two, the first by Willow. Number three, the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. A Fever You Can't Sweat Out and Pretty Odd by Panic at the Disco. Number four, well, number three point five, self-titled by 21 Pilots. Number four, The Phantom of the Opera, live at Royal Albert Hall. Number five, Humans by Gorillaz, Awaken My Love by Childish Gambino, and Everything Will Be Alright in the End by Weezer. Mm-hmm. Okay, for me, High as Hope, number one, by Florence and the Machine. Number two, Twin Fantasy um, and Teens of Denial by Carsey Headrest. Number three, Sometimes I Sit and Think and Sometimes I Just Sit by Courtney Barnett. Number four, Good Grief by Lucius. And number five, Jackrabbit by San Fermin. And then we also made a list of honorable mentions because we just could not, we could not exclude some of the most meaningful albums, even though we could only talk about five or in Alicia's case, like 50. Um, (laughs) I just stacked it so I would only have a couple honorable mentions. Yeah. Okay. So my honorable mentions are Treats by Sleigh Bells, Boy Genius by Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, and Lucy Dacus, Pure Heroine by Lord, Love is oh, Death. Yeah. yeah. Love is Death by Churches, When We All Fall Asleep by Billie Eilish, Cause I Love oh, really? by Lizzo, okay, Sure yeah. by Phoebe Bridgers, and I've gotta be honest, I'm only halfway through this last album, 
but it comes so highly recommended from everyone in my life and halfway through I already love it this is a recent acquisition fetch the bolt cutters by Fiona Apple hmm oh yeah I, is that the new one that she came out with? That's the new Fiona Apple album that everyone won't stop talking about. And I kind of started to understand why. Hmm. I'm not going to lie. I didn't hear about her until that album hit. Yeah. But it's okay. That's a really strong list, actually. Like, I totally, I disregarded Lord. Sorry. Um, well, I tried I, to do things people didn't know, you know? Like, I feel like every yeah, same. girl knows about pure heroin. Yeah, yeah, that that's sounds like a weird sentence. <laughs> You're right, though. I mean, yeah. it was crucial. It was pivotal in that fifth grade yeah. switch, you know, Royals. I have um, I have a group of friends that's like, Lord needs to release new music so that I can like evolve as a person. <laughs> what about Lord? Lord needs to evolve as a person. You know, she's always out there, growing, hanging with the palm trees. Yeah, she hang with palm trees. I didn't know that. Neither do I. To all our listeners, she has a nice little mailing list that you can sign up yes. with. So she's not she's not like dead in a ditch anywhere. She's she's alive and she will tell you. She just so, needs to write new music. Yeah. Um, so my honorable mentions, I only have two. I have and you know okay, I don't I put sire. Not because I, like, love it, but it has a couple... Sire by Jaden Smith. It has Mm -hmm. a couple songs... Well, a few songs. I guess I love this album. Okay. (laughs) It's not... I'm not as emotionally connected to it as the rest of the song... uh, The rest of the albums on my list. But it just has some... It's... The music is very vibrant and unique. And also, he's one of the best performers I've seen live and seeing him live was made me like his music even more. And then I put Riot by Paramore, which oh. it goes along the same lines as number three, which is like my sixth grade, like yeah, I mean of age kind of emo phase, if you will. I didn't put it up there because I don't love it as much, but I know it as much. It was one of those albums I bought entirely from the Apple Store, iTunes Store, and I've listened to it front to back. Really great, but yeah, that's all for me. Yeah, I think it's funny that our generation kind of came of age with all of this kind of like 2010s-ish emo rock music. (laughs) Like, you can tell, like, a lot of people kind of remember that from their middle school experience. And it's kind of reminiscent of, like, my AP music theory teacher, he, okay, I don't know when he grew up, I don't want to say the wrong years, (laughs) but, like, (laughs) grunge music was a thing in his childhood. Like, you included Weezer. Bands like Weezer and Green Day really freak me out because- Yeah, Weezer, Green Day, and are still Blink-182. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's like I was so confused when Green Day had like a 2020 album. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean they're going on tour with Fallout Boy and Weezer, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's still running. It's still alive. The movement really, is still out I'm, there, guys. I'm proud that they're still alive. I saw. Okay, final story. I saw this Onion article that was like, um, it was like the last grunge band caught and held in captivity in the Seattle. <laughs> um like museum (laughs) and then in the comments it was like grunge is dying nobody's gonna use guitars anymore and i'm like what are you talking about oh my god (laughs) i mean didn't rage against the machine just come back anyway um i i've just decided right now i'm going to do a separate episode about that kind of music like a lot of those bands they they lost their rock and that label so now they're more poppy and we will go over that yeah i'd be interested to learn more about that just so i can understand basically all of my friends um (laughs) i mean Mm. i liked i liked pretty odd and i liked 21 pilots blurry face but like i never dove head first into the emo rock scene of our middle school it's like quintessential to my being and my 
backstory, if you will. So Ooh, she's got a backstory. We'll be delved into. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know where we are on time, but do you want to just do our final segment and then we'll see if you guys get to listen to it or not? Oh, yeah, sure. So our end segment for people who are just tuning in, we have a few different, like, different prompts you can do. And I use a random generator to pick one. So I'm asking it to Lucinda, but we can both answer. Today it is TMI. Lucinda, give us a TMI. What's happened to you today? Oh, my God. Um... Well, I don't know how to, this is hard. I'm afraid to be too TMI. Like, I don't want to be too TMI. It doesn't matter. We're all friends here, kind of. Are we all friends maybe. here? Anyone, I don't know who's listening. Anyone with Spotify or any If you listen podcast. this long, you're basically our friend, okay? Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just going to go with the TMI and not the TTMI that I thought of. TMI right now is... Um, I have my legs propped up. I'm in a closet for our listeners just because I wanted a soundproof place and my walls are very thin, uh, which is a problem in my life. It's um, as awkward as it sounds. <laughs> my feet are propped up on all of my dirty clothes right at this moment. Oh, yeah, that's pretty raunchy, pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Well, um, it's not my TTMI. It's just my TMI. Oh, I don't even want to hear. <laughs> I don't know if I have a, I don't think I have a good one. Like, you have to go. Okay, my feet are cold right now. Does that uh, do anything? If only you had my dirty laundry to keep your feet warm. <laughs> I actually have a blanket on right now and socks and pants. So, if you don't already know me and you probably do, I get cold really easily. My feet are cold right now. That's the TMI. That's the end. Yeah. You guys enjoyed this episode. Lucinda, you want to send us out? Yeah, no. Thank you so much for tuning in to us rant about our music taste. And we hope you have a fantastic weekend or rest of your day. Adios.